Nick here. And Ali. And it's time to play Duel Master, the choose-your-own-adventure game that's two-player. And books. They're books. Choose, adv- choose your own adventure books that are two-player. Wow. This is This is madness. So a little bit of history here. Basically, um, I've always been a fan of choose-your-own-adventure books since I was a kid. I used to play fighting fantasy. Uh, never played as many of them as I would have liked because I just sort of stumbled across a couple in a bookshop and played those. I think it was Warlock of Firetop Mountain and I think it was Forest of Doom or something called something like that. Mm. Did you ever play any when you were younger? I did the Osborne puzzle <laughs> adventure games books, so bit more of a noob. Was it the same though, like turn to page 35 if you decide no. to hack the princess's face off? It was or... more like, can you find the red shirted man? Oh, like the puzzle adventure books? Yeah. I really loved those. <laughs> yeah, they were amazing really as well. But yeah. there wasn't much, they were quite linear. <laughs> they were, it was yeah. turn over the page, next yeah. next page kind of thing. Well, uh, I loved these and I was sort of recently on eBay, can't remember what, what general reason for, I don't generally need a reason to be on eBay, um, looking for choose your own adventure books. And uh, I found these, Jewel Master books. Now, there are a whole series, and each each sort of entry in the series is two books, because it's two-player, so each player has a book. I have no idea how this works. <laughs> I got them a few months ago. I haven't had a chance to play them yet, and then we had the idea that, hey, we could do it as a podcast, and we could we could bring you all along with us on our adventure into the, jewel, the world of Jewel Masters. Um, so we quite deliberately haven't prepared at all. We've got our character sheets written up, ready to start entering in. Um, but we have no idea how the game functions. We're going to read it. You're going to discover it along with us and hopefully be just as mystified slash amazed by what we <laughs> discover in these pages. So this episode very much is going to be the, the starting, the setup, the, setup, yeah. the building of our characters. And we'll guide you through the process of that. And then, um, yeah, we'll see how we go from there, really. Okay. So the books we're playing are uh, Challenge of the Magi, or Magi, however you say that word. Magi. Magi. Mage. Mage, Plural. Magi. Yeah. Um, Dual Master Book 1, I believe, by Mark Smith and Jamie Thompson. Uh, these were originally published in 1986. Uh, so I was a year old. <laughs> wow, I was but a twinkle in my father's eye. <laughs> oh, right. okay. No one wanted to know that. <laughs> so um, I've got the red book, you've got the yellow book. Yes, I don't think there's much difference because... We will create a character that is unique to us. Mm. Uh, my book has a very powerful looking wizard on the cover, whereas yours... Mine has a nobbledy, horrible goblin-esque death guy. A bit like, you know, when in Gremlins, they get water on them and they yeah, start and they melting. Yeah, they disgusting. That's, yeah. What, that's what this looks like. Cool, well, you, that's who you are. That's who you have to be. You have to be the nobbly melty man. <laughs> You're not really. I'm just <laughs> messing with you. <laughs> It's all good. Okay. Right. So let's open up our books. And the first page I see is a big scroll that says the law of the land. Mm. So I'm going to turn that over. And then I see a picture of six wizardy folks. Mm. Some of them are... No, none of them are what we would call a beautiful creature. They're all no. they're all pretty ugly, actually. One of them's got a big old domed head with some bandage on. Yeah. Another one seems to be sort of casting fire from his hands. Another one's got a wand. I'd say that was a woman casting fire. Yeah, and in the middle yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. That's a woman. Anyway, so there's some there's some curious looking uh, wizardy folks here. Mm-hmm. And then in the next page it says, The Challenge. Mm. And I will read this. Okay. You are a powerful mage, one of the inner council of magicians, all of whom have mastered the greater magics. Each of you specialises in one of the five types or colours of magics. The head of your arcane council, Emeritus, the sorcerer, is dead. And his successor among the councillors must be chosen in the time-honoured fashion. By ritual duel to the death in the Rainbow Land. Of course. As one of the inner council, you have put yourself forward as a claimant. Only one other has dared to oppose you. 
but you know not which of your illustrious colleagues feels mighty enough to challenge you. I'm going to guess it's you. Uh, Are well, you challenging me? You can have it if you want. Challenge me. Oh, okay, I challenge you. They could just put their names in a hat. It would have been way easier. Yeah, yeah. less death. So then we turn right. the page. The Rainbow Land. Tell us all about the Rainbow Land, Ellie. Okay. The Rainbow Land is a mystical realm of magic which only mages and those able to invoke the portals may visit. Long ago, it was peopled by a magician who thought of himself as a god, and now it is populated by those he placed there to be his subjects. He perished long ago, but the denizens of the Rainbow Land live on. He shaped the land into 16 different planes. In some of these, there is colour, or even two colours of magic, and those possessed of the knowledge may cast the greater magic spells of those colours. Others are places without colour magic, where only some lesser magics may be cast. The planes are linked by magical portals that open into the Nexus, a nowhere place of cor- 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 coruscating, coruscating colours, <laughs> where a mage may find portals to certain lands, no, to certain other areas of the land. Indeed. This ancient land, rich with varied cultures, legends, terrifying creatures and powerful artefacts, like an oasis in time, has changed little in centuries. Here, you must play a dangerous game and hunt your opponent down while finding the magical artefacts that will help bring you victory. As Jewel Master, undreamed of power will be yours. Only one foe stands between you and glory. Whoa, this sounds amazing. Say what? Right, so then turning over, there's a lot of exposition, it seems, in this book, yeah. but then maybe there's quite a bit to set up, you know, in terms of who we are. Mm-hmm. The five colours of magic. So we'll take turns, yeah. okay? Okay. Red, symbolised here with a little dragon. Red magic is fire magic, the magic of heat and raw energy and those evil spirits that live in flame. Mages that specialise in red magic are called pyromancers. They may find their inner sanctum in the Palace of Flames. Black magic, which is symbolised by a, a kind of smiley skull. <laughs> Uh, Black magic is death magic, the power of evil and the undead. Mages that specialise in black magic are called necromancers. They may find their inner sanctum in the citadel of the skull. The citadel of the smiley skull. (laughs) Blue, and the little symbol for that seems to be an infinity eight on its side kind of symbol. Mobius strip. Mobius strip, yeah. Blue magic is mind magic, the magic of illusion and the power of thought, which transcends good or evil. Mages that specialise in blue magic are called sorcerers. They have their inner sanctum. In the Sea of Glass. Hmm. That sounds pretty cool. That does sound cool. I might be on board with Blue. So, Green, what would you say that was? That's like a baby suckling a dog. Yeah, a dog feeding a baby. Weird. Yeah. It's it's, it's (laughs) It's like Tarzan. Uh, No, he wasn't raised by dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Who was raised by wolves? Mowgli, in the Jungle Book. He's raised by wolves? Yeah. Wolves. Is he? Anyway. Whatever. Let's not deviate. Uh, Green magic is earth magic, the magic of nature and living things. Mages that specialise in this magic are called druids. They have an inner sanctum in the forest of Arden. Ah, okay. Mm. Green magic's pretty cool. Yeah. White. And the symbol for this is a lion, what looks like vomiting vomiting a lightning bolt. Yeah. (laughs) White magic is holy magic, the power of good. Mages that specialise in white magic are called wizards. And they have an inner sanctum within the silvered spires. So we're not all necessarily wizards. No. Um, and then there are the master, the master of five magics. So some, what? Some there are who study magic of many colours. That's an interesting sentence. That doesn't sentence. make any sense. It's a Yoda sentence. I think it some means there are. there are some who study the magic of many colours. Yeah. These are called magicians. They attain mastery in no single colour, but may have knowledge of all. A magician has no inner sanctum, but may find a friend at the Rainbow Inn. Ah, oh, the Rainbow Inn. Ah, oh, I think there's one of those in Bournemouth. Is there? Oh, yeah. Cool. I should pop down so we can make a friend. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you will. 
Each class of mage knows various greater colour magics as follows. So a pyromancer can know three red, one black, one blue and one green. A necromancer, three black, two red, one blue, and etc, etc. There's, there's, there's a bit of a breakdown. So here. yeah, basically a pyromancer is stronger in red, necromancer black, right. wizard white, druid green, sorcerer blue, and magician sort of a any mixture. Six, but no more than two from any one colour. So I'm guessing when you choose your colour, we're going to sort of end up, we're going to have to go down one of these paths. Yeah. So choose the class you wish to be and the spells you wish to take from the following list. Write your choice on the character sheet, provided do not tell your opponent your choices. Mm. Right, okay. So um, it also says here, quick start. At the back of the book, you'll find six characters already created for you for ease of play. You may pick one of these instead of creating your own if you wish. Each class has its own spells and abilities. All have been carefully playtested and are finely balanced. If you choose a character, you may begin play without reading the book of spells. Just read on from the combat section. I'm tempted to do that because... I don't know what I'm doing. Let's so, go. You know, if <laughs> they've been finely good. tuned, I, I trust that they will Let's have a look. give so, us a good character. Oh, here they are. So we've got Caradoc Oaksen, Volcana Flamebringer, uh, Vom the Morbid. Mm. <laughs> Vom! <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> He's the lion, I think. Albion the Pious, Lucretia the Mystic, and Comus the Curious. Mm. Okay, yeah. Should we play... Should we play with one of these? Yeah. I think I'm going to choose them just based on their name. Okay. Sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty cool. Pretty well, cool. Um, if you choose one, mm-hmm. I won't look at them, because obviously I'm not supposed to know all of your magics and stuff. Okay. So, um... I would like to be Comus the Curious. Comus the Curious? Yes, okay. just because his name is awesome. Well, I will be... I'm going to be Volcana Flamebringer. Cool. Alright, so let's just write these down. Um, in fact... We'll just take a second to update our character sheets. Okay. Okay. Right, and that's our character sheets updated with our pre-made characters. So now let's tell uh, tell everyone a little bit about our character. You want to go first? Mm, okay. Yes, I am Comus the Curious, a magician. Comus hails from Utalande. The lands of no return. His features betray a mixture of racial types and he boasts to have travelled along, sorry, among a hundred of the peoples of the plains. At length, he settled on the heath of magicians and his mastery of all the colours of greater magic brought him to the notice of the council where he was able to teach as well as to learn. Nothing is known of his ancestry, but he is a forthright friend and an honourable man as well as a puissant, puissant magician? Puissant. It's like poisson. Yeah, puissant. Yeah, I don't know that word. Oh, well. Uh, embarrassed, by his, as well. <laughs> embarrassed by his natural talent, he has become one of the two natural choices for the title of Duel Master and has allowed himself to be, put, to be put forward for the trial in the Rainbow Land. Some have suggested that Comus is not a man at all and that he has duped the Council of Magicians, but Comus has ignored these allegations. Indeed, he acts as if he has not even heard them. Comus has paid much attention to Volcana at the council, but she has spurned him. Interesting, because I'm Volcana. Oh, hello there. <laughs> Hi there. Hi. <laughs> well, I'm going to spurn you all over no. it. No. So, Volcana Flamebringer is a pyromancer. Cool. Which you might have been able to tell from her first name. You would have thought, yeah. Named after a firework. So, Volcana is the daughter of a sorceress and a member of the Inner Council of Mages who wed an Ifrit from the Palace of Flames. Her mother, Myrmelaine, was more interested in the pursuit of knowledge than in her changeling daughter. 
Vulcana's flame-hued skin and the burning red of her eyes terrified all humans, and Miramelaine was accused of consorting with demons. She left Vulcana with crofters in a village near the Shrine of the Martyrs, but as soon as she was old enough to brave the dangers of the journey, the young Vulcana fled to the Palace of Flames in search of her father, the Caliph's son. There she was welcomed by the strange and terrible Efreti in their halls of burning brass, and taught their powerful red magic the magic of fire. It was soon obvious that she had a prodigious talent for red magic, and once she had mastered much of what the Ifriti could teach her, she left the Palace of Flames. Vulcana hates humankind and seeks to assert her dominance over them. Thus, she forced the Magi of the Council to accept her into their illustrious order. Now she challenges to win control of the Council itself, and to protect herself against the Druids, whom she has angered by destroying a part of the Forest of Arden with her magical fires. <laughs> so I'm probably I'm not going to win any friends with the, uh, with the green magic dudes. No. You sound very powerful. I uh, I also sound like a bit of a. You're a flame bringer. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> but from what I understand, you're a master of all the colours. Yeah. No, not a master. I'm a jack of all trades. Oh, you're a jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly. Right. Okay. So this is how the game works. So combat. Both of you begin with twenty life points, and you keep a running total of your life points on your character sheet. When your life points are down to zero, you're dead, and your life points can never go higher than twenty. Ugh. Ugh. There are two types of combat: magical and physical. When you begin a paragraph, you read out loud the three-letter code at its head, if there is one. If your opponent's paragraph is headed by the same letters, you will both be teleported to the same place in the area. If this is an area of colour magic, you may engage in magical combat. Otherwise, any combat will be physical. Mm. Right, so you begin a paragraph, you have to read out loud the three-letter code. Interesting. Like snap. So I guess maybe the original idea of these books is that you didn't actually read them out loud. You instead read on your own, and then suddenly you'd go... Three, two, five. Yeah. And then the other person would go, oh, okay, I'm going to fight you. Ah. <laughs> and it would be like, <laughs> you just imagine two kids sat in complete silence reading two novels. And suddenly one of them just goes, BF7. And they're like, no! <laughs> <laughs> so, physical combat. Both players roll a dice and add any pluses they may have. The player with the highest score hits the other with a dagger or any other weapon. Roll an- another dice to determine how many life points the loser loses. This continues until one flees or one is dead. Wait a second. So the first time we meet, we'll just... We have to kill each other. Yeah, I guess. Or you you cut your losses and run away. I see. Yeah. In those situations where you may be fighting a creature in the land, you will have to roll a dice for the creature as well. Okay. So if I fight a creature, you uh, you can be the creature. Yeah. Vice versa. Magical combat. This is explained clearly in the text. You'll be casting spells and counter spells if able. Note that you may cast any number of particular spells throughout the game if you have sufficient concentration points. But you cannot cast the same spell more than once in a single combat. The laws of magic simply do not allow it. That's convenient, isn't it? Hmm. However, scrolls are available in the land that will enable you to cast a certain spell once only. If you can already cast that spell, then you can cast that spell twice in single combat. Once from your knowledge and once from the the scroll. If you are killed by something other than your opponent, tell him or her what has happened and turn to 799. (laughs) Okay? Code words. Do you want to read about code words for us? cool. You will be told at times to record certain code words. Record them in the box provided on your character sheet. Then, when you're asked whether you have a particular code word, just check your box. If you need to know whether your opponent has a code word recorded, just ask him or her to do the same. When you have checked for code words, follow the instructions in the text. Interesting. Hmm. Okay, equipment. You begin the game with three daggers, a flint and tinder, and a water bottle. You'll be told when you can refill your water bottle if it becomes empty. You must keep a record of whether your bottle is full or not. Okay, gold. You will probably need some gold during your quest to become a jewel master. You begin the game without any, but there are various sources of gold scattered throughout the land. Gold is the common currency of the Rainbow Land, and you'll have to discover for yourself how to get hold of it. Interesting. I don't have any. Do you have any gold? 
No. You're curious. I'd have thought you'd have got some gold by now. Oh, yeah, I think because I'm curious, I'll just look behind all the rocks and probably find some gold nuggets. I would have thought you'd already have some. Yeah, you're a curious man. You a man? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Travel in the rainbow land. Travel in the rainbow land. <laughs> <laughs> to travel from plane to plane in the land, a mage invokes the portals to create a magical gate to the nexus. As a mage is a, as a mage is an interloper in the land, on occasion you'll be transported to the nexus against your will. Such is the law of the land. Incidentally, I should mention at this point, it came with a map as well, which oh, I've got here. Cool. Uh, like uh, a separate sheet that folded out of one of the books. And it's full colour and painted. It's rather nice, actually. Mm. And it shows all the various places we can go in the Rainbow Land and how they all connect to each other. So I'm hoping that becomes a bit clearer, because at the moment it looks like a crazy old board game. <laughs> right, time in the Rainbow Land. At points in the text, you will be told to wait! Oh, capital letters, capital wait! Capital letters, wait! This means you must wait until your opponent is also told to wait! <laughs> Both of you then turn on to the next paragraph simultaneously. When you are told to wait! Slash steed! And you have a steed. Do not wait for your opponent. Turn on immediately. Goodness. Goodness. It's all going to crack off. <clears throat> Mage's honour. It is possible to cheat in this game, mm. but if you do so and triumph, your victory is hollow. Challenge of the Magi is a test of skill between friends. Unless you abide by the rules, it is pointless and dishonourable. I believe that wholeheartedly. Now, a big part of me is a little bit worried that maybe the entire point of this game <laughs> is that you read silently to yourself. And the other reads silently to themselves. Mm. And as such, I don't know where you are or what you're doing. Okay. Um, and, and I'm not supposed to know where you it's are. up to no good. Until we clash, obviously. So um, maybe for the purposes of this podcast, uh, we may have to bend that aspect slightly. And maybe yeah. the game will be slightly affected by me knowing where you are and you knowing where I am. Mm. But I guess we'll see because we're all on an adventure on this together. So let's find out. Mm. Unless we sort of... <laughs> did the podcast on our own what separately like I left you left the room when <laughs> yeah. I did my bit well maybe we play this and see how it goes yeah and if we need to do that then maybe that's what we have to do <laughs> or we sit in silence for half an hour and then we go B53 <laughs> that'd be really good listening I yeah think. so the beginning when you have chosen what type of mage you are and your list of spells you must decide which area of the land you wish to begin the game in and turn to the paragraph number indicated the time has come the duel is about to begin you gather up your spell books and place three daggers at your belt. Then, leaving your inner sanctum, walk to the place where you may invoke the portals. Mm. When you are ready for the ultimate test, you invoke and 16 darkly shimmering doors appear in the air, forming a circle around you. Each one opens on to a dangerous and strange land. Somewhere behind one of these, you must meet your opponent and kill or be killed. If you are killed in a rainbow land, tell your opponent to turn to 799. Making your choice, you step through one of them and are surrounded by a whirlpool of coruscating colour. Well versed in the lore of the Rainbow Land, you know exactly where each of the portals leads. So you'll say 799? Yeah. Mine says 800. That's If you're killed in the Rainbow Land, tell your opponent to turn to 800. Oh, well, it has to be so, different, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It will have to be. Oh, yeah, because we're different. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of want to turn now and see what No. <laughs> no, that's against the Mage's Spoilers. Code. What was it it said? Mage's Honour. Hold yeah. on, Mage's Honour. Some honour or Can't believe you're thinking rubbish. of already turning on your Mage's Honour. You you made that oath to the Mage Council. Did I? At least oh, seven I seconds ago. I was drunk, I don't know. Co- coma, coma, I've got too curious about a bottle of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> right, the areas of the Rainbow Land are as follows. So areas of no magic, the scorched sands of Akhnaton. Akhnaton. The Shrine of the Martyrs. The House of Morsalus. That sounds like the a The Greenwood, 
the Rainbow Inn and the desolation of Ilexmanan the Aggrieved. I am going there. That sounds great. <laughs> so then the areas of colour magic. The Citadel of the Skull is black. The Silvered Spires is white. The Forest of Arden is green. The Palace of Flames is red. The Sea of Glass is blue. The Phoenix Crags are red and blue. The Sacred Grove is green and white. The Garden of Contemplation is green and blue. The Caverns of Perdition are black and red. And the Tower of Immutable Paradox is black and white. And roses are red. <laughs> and violets are blue. And the Paradox is red and blue. When you are ready to begin, choose your area and turn to the requisite paragraph and then begin reading. Right, so I'm guessing then, yeah, the game just, the game just, just begins. Start. So, so how am I on earth are we meant to choose? Because I don't know how this game even works. No, yet. I guess you just sa- choose somewhere that you like the sound of. Okay, well, I know where I'm going. You know where you're going. Yeah, do you? I know where I'm going. Yes. Well, let me I'm just... a curious fellow. You are curious. I'm drawn to a place. Um, What's your heart telling you? My heart is telling me I'm gonna I'm gonna head to the um, to the Citadel of the Skull. Oh, okay. Okay, where do you want to go? I'd like to go to the Rainbow Inn. Okay. Where I can make a friend for life. <laughs> right, well, I'm going to turn to 88, which I believe is where I have to go for the Citadel of the Skull. And I'm going to turn to 669, so I'm ahead of you. I'm winning. Okay, do you want to go first? Sure. So, do I shout the number and the letter? 669, um, CTH. Oh yeah, that's a good what point. That so, so that means if you want, if you want to fight... Uh, when you begin a paragraph, read out loud the three-letter code at its head if there is one. If your opponent's paragraph is headed by the same letters, right? So it's the letters. Yeah. Right. So you read them out then. C T H. C T H. Mm. That is not what I have. Damn it! All right. The portal fades behind you, and you're facing the Rainbow Inn, a brick and wood building with stables attached, standing at a crossroads near the River Weir. There is a well nearby, and beyond it, a black door hangs in the air, just off the ground. The sign outside the inn shows not the natural colours of the rainbow, but the five colours of magic in the land. Blue, red, green, white and black. If your opponent also has CTH, turn to one. If not, read on. You may fill your water bottle in the river if it is empty. Okay. Well, and I then think... I must wait. Oh, you have a wait, do you? Wait. Yes. Oh, I have a wait coming up, I think, as well. Okay, so uh, mine's 88. My letters at the top are CTN, which are not mm, the same as yours. Not the same. As the portal disappears, I find myself looking into the maw of an enormous skull. The citadel of the skull stretches towards dark skies above you, the red flicker of torches lending the hollow eye sockets an infernal glow. The citadel is black obsidian, reflecting dully the half-light of this region. Beyond it is a grey plain that stretches as far as the eye can see, but a thin mist obscures the horizon. There is no gate, but inside the skull mouth a great fire blazes, lighting a broad black staircase which climbs to a landing, from which a second passageway leads off to the left. This place is an area of black magic and no other. Has your opponent recorded the code word grieve? So I have to ask you, have you? No. No. If the answer is yes, turn to here. Blah, blah. If you wish to cast an ambuscade before entering the citadel, record the code word vambrace. Ah, right. So th- this is this is maybe where it will fall down, because mm. if I wanted to leave a trap here, then I could. Mm. Do you see what I mean? If your opponent has CTN at the head of his or her paragraph in turn to 98, which you didn't have. Okay, so interestingly, uh, I could I could cast an ambuscade, which is a trap, here. Yeah. Um, and then I have to record the code word for it. But you could do that in secret without me knowing. But if you see me starting to write down on my character sheet, <laughs> you're probably going to assume that I have that. You could just you? do some scribbles. I I might be doing it right now. I might not be. I'm not looking. Although I am Comus the Curious, so uh, <laughs> I might be peeking. No, I'm not. Okay. Do you have a wait? 
I then have a wait. wait. Yes. Right. So, so we're both waiting. We both have to wait for we the other. We both have... D- is yours now listing some options that you can do things? Uh, yeah, it seems to be, yeah. Right, me too. Okay. So hold on a second. Let me just let me just read back on the waiting thing. So if one of us reads wait, uh, this means both of you must wait until your opponent is also told to wait. Mm-hmm. And then we turn on the next paragraph simultaneously. So you go for it then. Right, so I've got the option to go to the well, to try the black door, or walk towards the inn. Hmm. Or I could invoke the portals and go to uh, a few different places. I think, because I don't need to go to the well, my water bottle is full, I think I would like to walk towards the inn. So I'm going to turn to paragraph 729. Okay, and while you're doing that, I have some options. Um, If I am a necromancer, only I can see a concealed doorway behind the skull's back teeth, which leads to my inner sanctum. But I'm not a necromancer. Oh, so you can't see that secret door. I can't see that secret door that was just described to me. Otherwise, I can continue up the main staircase or take the passageway off to the left. Or I can also invoke the portals and go to lots of other places as well. So um, you went into the inn, didn't you? I did. I am going to continue up the main stairway and I'm going to turn to 158. Okay. All right, CTH. CTN. Um, we don't fight again. Two out of three. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> um, ooh, okay. There were some options here if uh, if I had the, some code words. If you so, have the code words. Yeah. But you don't, I guess. So it says, uh, if I have recorded <clears throat> the code word mendicant, or your opponent has recorded the word varlet, turn to 769. Have you recorded... Uh, no. No. Okay, so outside the inn, tethered to a water trough, is a magnificent black warhorse. Oh, lucky. Caparisoned. Caparisoned? There are some new words in this. Yeah. Maybe they're old words, actually. In black, with polished barding lined with velvet. If you wish to steal this magnificent war steed, turn to 749. If you walk straight into the inn, turn to 789. Well, I'm going to turn 789, because I'm an honest, honest man. Okay, while while you're not stealing a horse... I, um, the staircase climbs up towards the domed top of the citadel of the skull. Off the third landing, a door opens to reveal a glimpse of three demondim, the devilish captains of the gods of evil, who spread fear among the people of the Rainbow Land. I think I may have made a mistake going straight here. (laughs) (laughs) You hurry on past, thankful that they did not spot you. Your footsteps are drawn inexorably to the head of the stair. At the top, you come before a figure that looks like a blue-skinned wolfen, seven feet tall and immensely powerful of body, but the form flickers occasionally. It is the Witch King, held on this plane of the living for his 7th century by the power of his arcane sorcery. His courtiers line the room, Wolfen, Demon Dim, and black-hearted men, tough enough to stomach the sight and doings of the Witch King, all steeped in evil to the rotten core. If you have the code word Silverload, turn to blah. Well, I don't. If not, read on. On a low table before the throne lies a glass-fronted box. Inside, lying on black velvet, are a white shroud and two human thigh bones. With a start, you realise that these are the fabled relics of Hon the Zealot, the most sainted man in the history of the Rainbow Land. The Witch King's stare seems to burn into your brain. And then I have a wait. Okay, well I guess I better keep reading till I have to wait. I guess you will. So, inside the inn is warm and smoky. The familiar smells of wine, mead and pipeweed mingle agreeably. The innkeeper is a sallow-faced man in late middle age, wearing a robe of many colours in the colour of the five magics. The usual motley array of merchants, farmers and their wives, and assorted tradesmen, make up the clientele. There is silence as all eyes are turned towards you, a stranger here. 
Three of the patrons stand out because they are sitting alone at their tables. One is a shifty-looking character, dressed all in grey, with a slim sword at his side. Another is a man dressed like a wizard, peering at a scroll through a curious piece of round glass that makes one of his eyes seem almost as large as his face. <laughs> the third is a large man dressed in full-plate armour, as black as night, with a with a great two-headed sword on the table in two-handed sword. I was not wondering two-headed. what a two-headed sword was. Okay. <laughs> with a great two-handed sword on the table in front of him. His insignia, a red dragon and a black mace, match those of the war horse tethered outside. Oh. Glad they didn't come up against him. <laughs> All of the tables next to his have been pulled away, as far away as their occupants' space will allow. Will you walk up to the bar, sit down opposite the man in grey, sit beside the man reading the scroll, or opposite the black knight? I think I'm going to sit beside the man reading the scroll because maybe he'll give it to me. Oh. So I'm going to turn to paragraph 443. Okie dokie. So, let's see what happens. <laughs> right, CTH. Doesn't matter because I'm waiting, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, right. If you have entered the inn with the Black Knight beside you, then nobody will speak to you and the innkeeper offers no hospitality. But I haven't. Yeah. So I can ignore that. The man dressed in the robe of a magician covered in cabalistic symbols is not... Cabal. Cabal. Oh, cabalistic. Okay. Mm symbols is not reading a scroll at all but a magical recipe he is an alchemist and he has a plentiful supply of magical concoctions in files for you to examine he is selling them at all at the cost of one gold bag each you may buy as many as you have gold to pay for he lays the potion bottles on the table for you to look at there are four types each labeled with outlandish names as follows the potion of irresistible force this he explains is a potion of strength that will add one to your strength in battle once only it's not that amazing. We might find it's really amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Spider Queen's Bane. This is an elixir that cures those who have been poisoned. If you have been poisoned at the Fountain of Life, this elixir will cure you. Poisoned at the Fountain of Life? I guess that, that will make like... you step carefully when you're at the Fountain yeah. of Life. Later. Cordial of Measured Haste. This cordial of speed allows the drinker to run and think twice as fast as normal. <laughs> when you take this potion, you may ignore the next two weights. Oh, That's quite cool. Wow, yeah. Elixir of clear thought. Taking this elixir clears and refreshes the mind wonderfully. When you do, you may restore up to six lost concentration points for each potion. Wow. wow. So it says about as soon as you've made your mind up and blah, 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 but I have no money. You don't have any money. So it's all a waste of my time. So now I am told to wait. Right, well, I think that's a really great place to end our first episode. Okay. So to recap, I am at the very top of the... Um, oh, where am I? What is this place called? Hold on. It's called <laughs> the Citadel of the Skull. That's mm. right. And I got to the top and there's a what looks like a horrendous Dark Lord with the remains slash relics of a good man in front of him. Mm. And you... I am in my local boozer, parting it up with the, uh, the salesman. Yeah. The magical salesman. Without any gold. Without any gold. So join us next time to find out exactly what happens to me in the Citadel of the Skull and whether Ali decides to rob an innocent alchemist. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast, and others like it, is made possible thanks to our wonderful backers on Patreon. To support Big Punch Studios as we make comics like Afterlife Inc. and Seven String, games like Sandwich Masters, and podcasts like the one you've just been listening to, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash bigpunchstudios. For just $5 a month, not only will you help make everything we do a reality, but we'll also send you four copies of Big Punch magazine a year. That's over 180 full-colour pages of comic action, featuring Cuckoos, Orb, 
99 Swords and Catamaran delivered straight to your door. This has been a Big Punch Studios production. For all things Big Punch, be sure to head on over to www.bigpunchstudios.com.